0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast, and it's not a victory Monday. <laughs> if you watch the game, you know it's it's not a victory Monday. It's a deflating defeat Monday, if you want to put it that way. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you could describe the loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, 40 40- 2-21, to 21. I believe that was the final score, it's early in the morning, it's about one twenty-five a.m. here on this Monday morning, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, happy holiday to a lot of you out there, and so the Pittsburgh Steelers lose, the season is over, Ben Roethlisberger's career we presume is over, and there is a ton to unpack, I mean a ton to unpack, before we go any further, and even before I get into the spiel about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I want to make something very clear about this podcast and what's going to be coming up. First and foremost, we're not going anywhere. I've said this for a long time. And for those of you that have followed our podcast platform, you should know this by now. But in case you don't, we're not going anywhere. Myself, I'll still be doing the Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows no matter what. Okay. Unless I'm physically not capable. I will be doing my Let's Ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. You will still have the live mic on Tuesday, the Stat Geek on Thursday morning. The noon lineup may be adjusting a little bit based on the criteria for the shows, meaning the fantasy football show might not be happening as much because, well, there's not fantasy football to play right now. So there might be some changes, we'll announce those. But the noon lineup's still going to be there. Maybe some shuffling, but it's still going to be there. And then in the PM, pretty much status quo. The Hangover stays, Scobro, uh, the Know Your Enemy turns into the Curtain Call, Preview stays, Friday Night with Tony, Touchdown Under, they're still all there. We will be here every step of the way. So I hope you all aren't going to just turn the dial and turn it off. There's a lot to talk about. This Steelers offseason is going to be crazy. I'll get to that in a second. Also, this this week and in the coming weeks, we will be able to dive into the offseason and start to talk about some things that a lot of people, you get, a, you get the feeling they really want to talk about it. They want to talk who's the next quarterback, what's going to happen at the coordinator spots, all this stuff. We're going to dive into that, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm not going to spend a, a second talking about the future. I want to talk about this game. I want to talk about this team, this season, and this quarterback. I think that's the appropriate and the important stuff to discuss right now. I get as fans, we all want to jump the gun, we all want to finish the race, we want to sprint to the end. We have a long off-season ahead of us. As fans, we will have plenty of time to look back on this season, to break it down every which way and sideways. And on top of that, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the possible scenarios and what could happen and who could be there and who's probably not. You name it, we're going to talk about it not going to happen today. So if that's what you're thinking that you're going to get, I am sorry to disappoint you. But before we go any further, I want to remind you behind It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Whether it's the latest breaking news, film room breakdowns, commentary features, you name it, it's all right in one spot, behind And wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed or following do whatever you have to do that's everywhere apple Podcasts, google play stitcher anchor pandora spotify i'm a spotify user i've said that before i am a spotify user and i actually put a challenge out there to my ride or die crew because i know there's a good many of you that are spotify users as well and i said hey give us a good five-star rating it's something they started to do on spotify so, some JAG must have given us like a one. And so, we're down to 4.9 stars. And we had 180 reviews so far. So, we got to get that up there. And also, if you're an Apple Podcast user, which the vast majority of you are, our analytics tell us that, don't be lazy. Spend two seconds. Give us a five star. If you want to leave us a good comment, that would be awesome. But you don't have to. Those have gone up, and we appreciate it. What does that do? It helps with exposure. These platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts will then see the positive reviews and the positive ratings, and they will then push them out when people search things like Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, things like that, football, then our podcast might show up as an option. That's why we ask you to do those things. All right, this playoff game. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we had a realistic expectation for this game. And that does not mean that I didn't – you know I pick the Steelers every week. But, but the realistic hope was that this game was going to be close in the second half and that the Steelers would have a shot. Just give them a shot. That's all we asked for is just give them a shot. And this damn team, pardon my French if you're a young listener, I apologize. This team, what did they do? I mean, This wasn't like Week 16. Where the Steelers come out, they go three and out, and then the the Chiefs just take over and they overwhelm the Steelers. And from the moment you get started, you know it's over. It was not that. There was no score at the end of the first quarter. The Pittsburgh Steelers' defense looked like they were there to play and they were going to stymie the high-powered Chiefs offense. It reminded you of a boxing match. And I'm a huge Rocky fan. Always have been, always will be. And it reminds you of those times where Rocky Balboa, he's getting pummeled and you're sitting there thinking there's no, she has no chance in this fight. Why is he even in this ring with this fighter? He just won't stay down. That's what it felt like early in this game. It felt like they were just making these plays where they get a couple shots on the, the champ and all of a sudden they're, you're thinking, oh, are they going to do this? Are, are they actually going to get this done? Are they going to deliver the knockout punch? And we're talking Buster Douglas and Mike, Mike Tyson at this point. So the offense is just completely inept. But the defense, they're getting three and outs. They're forcing punts. And then after a huge 49-yard punt return, you're thinking, all right, this at least is going to lead to three. T.J. Watt does a T.J. Watt thing, tips the ball up in the air, Devin Bush intercepts the pass, and you're thinking, wow, like there's another punch, that unbelievable uppercut right to the chin, and you're thinking they're staggered. They are dazed. Now's the chance. Now's the time. Make your move. Throw that haymaker. No. I think they might have gotten a first down, and then they punted the ball right back. And so then when you're thinking, okay, the Chiefs are gonna now start to take over, the for some reason they take Patrick Mahomes off the field, Nicole Hardman is receiving the snap, hands it off to McKinnon, botch snap, Cam Hayward forced fumble, TJ Watt picks it up, scores a touchdown. Holy cow, the Steelers are up seven to nothing. What game am I watching? What world am I a part of? Where am I? is essentially my thought process when this is all happening. And then at some point in this pseudo-boxing match that we're talking about, there was a, a punch to the gut. And for some reason, I'm not sure why, but it, it woke the champ up. And the champ said, wait a second. This is, this is not happening. And we're just going to do what we should do smack you down. And that's exactly what happened. And Patrick Mahomes after the game even said that after that touchdown, they kind of woke up a little bit that they were playing a little timid. They were playing a little not timid is probably the best word, the best way to describe it. They they were playing a little cautious. And they just kind of threw caution to the wind and it it paid off. It paid huge dividends for the Chiefs as they went on a run. They they went to halftime up 21 to 7. And then it just got worse, progressively worse from there. When you think about the Steelers, though, because this is not about the Chiefs, it's about the Steelers. When you think about the Steelers, there's certain things on offense and defense that really bothered me in this game, like on offense. And I'll talk about this more in the winners and losers segment in the second half. The third and short offense, the Steelers did what they had to do in this game. And I talked about it uh, last week. And that was. The Steelers needed to get good positive yardage on first and second down to create manageable third down and distances. And what I meant by that is that you don't need to get huge chunk plays. The best offense is sometimes your best defense. In other words, keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. And they just couldn't do it on third and two. They're chucking it deep. Third and three, chucking it deep. I'm sitting on my couch saying, who's calling these plays? Todd Haley? That's what it felt like. The offensive line also just did not get any push. It wasn't as bad as the last time they were in Kansas City. But when you have two free runners coming right up the middle of Ben Roethlisberger, you have to understand what that does to the quarterback. I'll tell you what it does to the quarterback. It turns the quarterback into a cautious thrower of the football. Every time he drops back to pass, he's wondering, are they going to even try to get a hand on some of these pass rushers? Or am I going to be running for my life or bracing for impact? That's that's a problem. And then the offensive line, from a running standpoint, they just could not get anything going. Najee Harris did look a little timid. But on top of that, he had nowhere to go. I mean, he's breaking off some runs of six, seven yards. But he is having to scratch and claw for every inch. Nothing can came easy and a lot of people want to put this on Ben Roethlisberger Uh, that's not me it really isn't Roethlisberger did have some misfires there was some miscommunication we'll never know whether that's on the receiver or the quarterback and he also had some drops let's not forget that either but Roethlisberger he was not the main culprit for me on the offense on the defensive side the third down defense yikes I mean they get off the field the third and 20 they're giving up huge plays it just it cannot happen. Patrick Mahomes carved this defense up, and he has continued to carve this defense up since he has been the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, just like it wasn't all on Ben, you can't really blame put everything on the defense considering how much they were on the football field. I mean, you're talking about a nothing-nothing tie at the end of the first quarter, and then they're protecting a 7-nothing lead And you're thinking to yourself, okay, the defense is getting tired. They have to be getting tired. And so they go into halftime, and you just can't expect a team to be on the field that much, or a unit, I should say, on the field that much and be able to play at that high level. Not when you have no secondary help behind players like Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and Cam Hayward. So the defense did have struggles. They did have struggles. And so now, I know I said I'm not going to talk about the future. I'm not. But just where the Steelers are right now, they finished the regular season nine, seven, and one. For, uh, I think, the third straight year that they've made the postseason, they've surrendered 40 plus points in the postseason loss. They haven't won a playoff game since 2017. They are going headfirst into a. I use the adjective tumultuous offseason, but you could also just say they are diving headfirst into the unknown in so many ways, none larger than the fact that they're going to have to find a quarterback to to captain this ship for the first time since 2004. When you think about the magnitude of just that statement, that is a daunting task. You also look at things like the offensive line. You look at the coordinator's you look at different players that are going to be free agents, and will they be back or won't they be back? This off season that we are getting ready to shove off on and embark on, I always kind of view it as like a, a voyage. The season is a voyage, and I said how it's going to be a rough and it's it's going to be a rough ride, and it was a rough ride. I was very accurate in my statement, uh, but at the same time, I look at what's about to happen in the off season. And, you know, it's not going to be rough. It's not going to be a, I think I used turbulent as the word and, and used the analogy of a, of a plane that is experiencing turbulence. I don't think that's going to be the offseason. It's just the unknown. It's just, we, we've talked about potentially drafting a quarterback for the last few years, but it's, it's always been like, well, they could develop. Ben's still there, they can develop. We've talked about getting a new coordinator since Randy Feetner took over, or actually since Todd Haley was the coordinator. Might be talking about that again. Might be talking about a defensive coordinator. I said this on the postgame show. I'll say it again here. I'm approaching this offseason with a completely open mind. Now, I could give you predictions and things like that of of what I think will and won't happen, but when I say I'm going in with an open mind, I'm saying that I'm leaving every option on the table. Steelers want to fire Mike Tomlin? Okay. Open mind. I'm going to keep an open mind. They want to keep everyone. All right. I'm going to keep an open mind. That's my approach. I can't go into this with any predetermined thought process when it's so much unknown. This game was deflating, even though if you're honest with yourself, you probably knew that the 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 odds were not in the Steelers' favor. No, I'm not talking about the sports books. Just the fact that the Chiefs are such a good team and the Steelers have had so many struggles, especially offensively. Now you think about the offseason, and it's even more daunting. doesn't mean that it's bad. Daunting does not mean bad. Daunting just means that it's, you just don't really know what you're going to get. You're not sure what you're going to get. So I'll tell you what you're going to get the listener you're going to get some winners and losers that's what we always do in the second half of this post-game podcast so be stay tuned right after this break we're giving you winners and losers be right back All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's time for winners and losers. You know what time it is. Four winners and six losers. You might say, Jeff, four winners and six losers? Like, did you watch the same game? And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I could probably have done 20 losers, and but I felt the winners were appropriate, even though the Steelers did lose in the fashion that they did. I felt the winners should be there. You know, there are times where you kind of him haw around about, Should this player be a winner, shouldn't they, or this loser, not a loser? Here we go. Four winners. Number one, TJ Watt, Trent Jordan Watt. Stat line, he had three tackles, three solo, one sack, his first postseason sack, by the way, two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, a pass defense, which equated in an interception, a fumble recovery, and a touchdown. So I feel like at this point in time, what else can there be said about T.J. Watt? and What can be said that hasn't been said already? If there was any doubt that Watt should be the defensive player of the year, what else do you need to see? So if there's someone that's saying, well, I'm not so sure if T.J. Watt is the defensive player of the year, what else do you need to see? 22.5 regular season sacks, ties the all-time record with Michael Strahan, and then the playoffs goes out and he is an absolute game changer i'm not saying that he won the game for the steelers clearly he didn't but could you imagine if he wasn't on the field without the tip pass that equates to a Devin bush interception without the fumble recovery that turns into a touchdown without his sack it would be crazy it was a tremendous season for watt and he made the steelers look really smart for signing that new deal this offseason tj watt he's a winner Next winner is Juju Smith-Schuster. Stat line, five receptions, 26 yards, a 5.2 average. He didn't score a touchdown. He had a seven-yard long and eight targets. So when you look at Juju's stat line, it doesn't really scream winner. But the way he battled, I mean, not just in the game, because he had those great catches, such very Juju-esque, if you want to put it that way, those catches, and he just fought, and fought, and fought, and he got the tough yards, and he got the first down, but even make his way back from the shoulder injury, which he said after the game was a six month injury, and he told his doctors, I'm going to be back in three, and he was, and he did, and he had his agent, and his mother, and other people in his life saying, are you sure you want to do this, meaning coming back and playing, the guy's going to be an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. And he said, "I want to do this. I'm not going to leave my, family, my my brothers, his teammates. I'm not going to do that. I want to play. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Smith Schuster, I don't know what does. I hope he stays. I'm not sure if he will, but I hope he stays. Next winner is Ben Roethlisberger. Stat line: 29 of 44, 215 yards, a 4.9 average. He threw two touchdowns, no interceptions." was sacked twice for a 92.5 rating. So the Steelers' offense was awful. It was awful. Anyone that watched the game knows how bad it was. But I don't think Roethlisberger was the main reason why. Uh, Roethlisberger's stat line is not crazy, but I'll tell you what what most people don't know, unless you saw it on social media or something like that, that he moved into third all-time in NFL history for postseason passing yards. He is only behind, I believe. I think it's yeah. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are the only two quarterbacks ahead of Ben Roethlisberger at the moment that he calls it a quit. So it was a huge accomplishment for him, and the Steelers, like I said, now enter an off without Roethlisberger at the helm for the first time since two thousand and four. Talk about walking head first right into the unknown. Last winner is Presley Harvin the third. He had seven total punts, a 49.7 average, 56-yard long, and he had one punt go inside the 20-yard line. So no one has been harder on Steelers punters than me. If you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, you know that. And I was skeptical at best when the Steelers decided to release Corliss Waitman prior to the playoff game. We knew they weren't going to carry two punters on the roster, and I'm not suggesting they should have cut Presley Harvin but I was kind of curious if the Steelers might say, "Well, Harvin has a hamstring injury. We're going to put him on injured reserve." They teams do stuff like that, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, on a night when Harvin was called on to punt a lot, he—I thought he represented himself well. The, you know, the coverage units—that's a different story. Was Harvin out kicking his coverage? I'm not sure, but he did a good job punting the football, in my opinion. After all he's been through off the field this season. I thought it was really good to see him step up. I thought it was really good. So those are the winners. To read them back for you, TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger, and Presley Harvin III. Uh, You know, someone like Devin Bush who gets an interception, he could have definitely been on the list maybe, but not so much. Cam Hayward had a forced fumble, but again, after that, other than that, not too much. Let's go to the loser side of things. My top loser is Deontay Johnson. Now, he finished the game with five receptions, 34 yards, 6.8 average, one touchdown, 13-yard long, 10 targets, and two drops. So I honestly don't know what to say about Deontay Johnson after this game. Uh, the drops continued to creep up. started in Week 16, and it finishes an arrowhead right where Week 16 was. And then he also had another pre-snap penalty with a false start throw in the miscommunication between quarterback and Johnson. Like where Ben went deep one time, it was double coverage, but it looked like Johnson had a step. He just stopped He stopped running his route. He's like, he didn't even know the ball was in the air. Uh, there have been times where Johnson, in my opinion, looks like a number one wide receiver. But then there's nights like Sunday night where he looked like someone who'd be at the bottom of a depth chart on most teams. So I look at Johnson's future. And for me, consistency is key for this young man. If he can prove that he's capable of being a more consistent player, he'll solidify his spot on the Steelers roster, not just in his final year of his rookie contract, but to earn himself a second contract. So keep that in mind. Next loser, the third and short deep plays. Uh, The stat line is I'm not sure what they were thinking. Uh, for 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 a second during the game, I said this at the beginning of the show, I'll say it again. It looked as if Todd Haley had returned to calling the plays for the Steelers. If you remember when Todd Haley was the offensive coordinator, fans would be so up in arms when on third and short, they wouldn't run it and just move the chains. They would take a shot. And most of the time, they would take a shot, well, because they had Antonio Brown in receiver, but also based on the fact that they would take a shot because it was one-on-one matchup and they trusted their guy to make a play. And it seemed like the Steelers were kind of determined early on to do that. And I'm not sure why. I said this earlier, and again, I'll say it again. The offense was doing their job and in getting into manageable down and distances. And these plays, it made these plays seem more and more head-scratching. I, I I just don't even know what to say. But the offensive play calling, especially on third and short, was a huge issue. And that's why they're on the loser list. Next is the Steelers' pass defense. Just listen to Patrick Mahomes' stat line. So Mahomes finishes the game 30 of 39, 404 yards, a 10.4 average. He threw five touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked three times for a 138.3 rating. You know, it's hard to blame the defense for much when you know the offense is completely inept. But the defensive secondary got carved up by Mahomes. And to be fair, that happens to a lot of teams. That's not just a Steelers thing. But after keeping the Chiefs' offense off the board in the first quarter, it looked like they might have an answer for the big red machine that is the Chiefs' offense. They didn't. They didn't. Mahomes did what he does, and he made them pay. The Steelers' pass defense is a loser. Next is the first-half offense. When you think about the Steelers' first-half offense, They scored zero points, and I believe they only had two first downs in the first half. If you woke up from a coma and you didn't see this game, you might look at the box score and say, well, the score was 21-7 to at halftime. They scored a touchdown. You'd be right. They did score a touchdown, but it wasn't an offensive touchdown. That was the scoop-and-score touchdown by T.J. Watt after Cam Hayward forced the fumble. The Steelers' offense, we've seen them start slow before. They've started slow most all season but not like this. So I do think you have to tip your cap to the Chiefs defense, but the Steelers, they, they seem to try everything to no avail. You, you talk about Chris Collinsworth who, at the end of the game, when the Steelers are moving the ball in the no huddle, he's saying, well, where's this been all night? They started the hurry-up, up-tempo offense to start the game. I liked it. That's what I called for. I wanted them to do that. They just couldn't move the football. The only time they could move the football was when the Chiefs had backed off and basically said, go ahead. Go ahead and move the football. Next loser is the third down defense. Kansas City was 8-for-12 on third down. That's the stat line. If there was one area where the Steelers' defense really struggled, it was on third downs. The Chiefs completed a ton of third and long situations, including that third and 20 conversion I mentioned earlier. Those are plays which should never happen, and yet the Steelers' defense made a habit of it on that night. Getting off the field is a premium in the postseason, and the Pittsburgh defense just didn't do enough in this regard. Third down defense, and T.J. Watt talked about this after the game in his post-conference, post-game press conference. He said, they asked him, what do you need to do this offseason? What does the defense need to do? He said, simple. We need to stop the run and get off the field. Couldn't agree more, T.J., Last loser is just straight-up offense ineptitude. So the Steelers' offense was bad on Sunday night. How bad? How about the Chiefs almost doubled their total yardage on the night? So the Steelers finished with 257 total yards of offense. Kansas City, 478. Yes, so Pittsburgh was just over 250. Kansas City was almost a 500. They almost doubled that, but it gets better. They both shared the ball for exactly 30 minutes apiece. That shows you just how dominant the Chiefs offense was when they had the when they had possession of the football. So the offense for the Steelers was just that awful. And it might have been the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to Matt Canada's future with the Steelers. All right, so there's your winners and losers, the six losers if I want to read them again. Uh, the losers are Deontay Johnson, the third and short deep plays, pass defense, the first half offense, third down defense, and the offense ineptitude, offensive ineptitude. I have a few minutes left, and I planned it this way. I think it's important that we, and myself included, spend some time to think about the season, but really to think about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, ben Roethlisberger, it, it was really weird listening to his post-game press conference on Sunday night. um, He had made up his mind, clearly, and he had never really come out and said, like, I'm officially retiring. And maybe he will have an official retirement where the media come and they interview him. But I could also see Roethlisberger just kind of like putting out a statement, saying, you know, I'm stepping away, I'm making it official, I'm retiring from the game of football. Uh, thank the Pittsburgh Steelers, thank the Rooney family, Mike Tomlin, Bill Cower, you know, all the usual cast and characters. But I think for the fans, you might have been a fan that soured on Roethlisberger at one point or another. Maybe it was early in his career with the motorcycle accident. Maybe it was the off-the-field issues in Nevada and Georgia. Maybe it was the fact that you thought he was... Kind of a drama queen. Maybe it was the fact that you never liked how sometimes he threw teammates under the bus. It could be for a variety of reasons. However, if you are a Steelers fan, I hope that even if you soured on Roethlisberger at one point or another, you can look back at his time and tenure with the Steelers and say he he gave this town, he gave this fan base and this organization some great memories some great memories, whether it's Super Bowl 40, the tackle leading up to the Indianapolis game with Jerome Bettis that equates to them going to the AFC championship game, whether it's Super Bowl 43 and Santonio Holmes toe-tapping touchdown catch, whether it's, I don't know, a multitude of memories with the Ravens with Haloti Nada breaking his nose and him bringing the team back and Finding, you know, San Antonio Holmes for the touchdown. I could go on and on about moments that Ben Roethlisberger has provided a really, really great memory. That's what I hope to keep with me all the time. And and in that respect, they've been some great memories. Number seven, I've kind of, I feel like we've given him his due. I really, I honestly do believe that. You know, between the Monday night game at home, his last home game, the Ravens game, he wins them both. They somehow get into the playoffs. It doesn't turn out the way you hope, but still, they got there. I feel like Ben, even in the post-game press conference, was kind of at ease and said, you know what, I went out the way that I wanted to go out, and that's something that's special. So for me, for hopefully all fans everywhere, for Ben Roethlisberger, I want to say thank you. That's it. I just want to say thank you, because for the last 18 years, you've brought this guy, me, some really great memories, memories that I'll always have with me, and I'll always cherish, and that I'll tell my kids about, even though they all, they've watched you play for a short amount of your career. Um, thank you. That's it. It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird not having Ben Roethlisberger as a Steelers quarterback. But all good things must come to an end, and so shall this. So with that, that's this podcast for me. I'll be back on Wednesday. Make sure you're looking out for that uh, mailbag podcast on Tuesday. Of uh, the, I'm sorry, the tweet, the mailbag tweet on Tuesday. Just follow me at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I will put that out there. Once I get it out there, all you have to do is leave me your question, and I'd be glad to answer that on Wednesday. So in the meantime, folks, as I always finish it out here, be safe. Be kind and God bless. And no matter what, go Steelers. We'll see you next time.